Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. My name is Lord Charles, and we're so glad you could join us. However, before we begin, let us open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord, and we just thank you for the joy that you have placed inside of our lives, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that we find joy inside of you, Lord, not in those things that are around us, but you are the joy who is inside of our lives, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for your love and your mercy as well, Lord, that you have shown them to us, Lord, even when we did not deserve it. And we just thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're so excited to have you with us as we get into the Word together and continue our study of the book of Hebrews. We are in chapter 10 and are covering verses 11 through 25. So whether you're joining us for the first time or you're rejoining us, I want to encourage you to pause the episode and take a moment to read through that section of Scripture just to make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And now the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, honey, honey. Thank you. Um, Verse 22 of this section says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Um, verse 20, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Mm-hmm. There are times, you know, as we're looking through this particular section, but also the whole entire book of Hebrews that the Holy Spirit's been trying to say, it's all right. Come on, move forward. It's Amen. okay. There are times when the Lord says something to us that's new and it's different. And it looks like, you know, you just imagine the group of believing Jews in comparison of the sea of unbelieving Mm -hmm. Jews, how isolated and strange they must have felt, how um, different they must have felt compared to everyone else. And there are times where God calls us to, to walk with him and to come out to a new place with him. And the uncertainty appears of, well, nobody else is doing this or there's eight out of 10 people saying this is wrong. Am I missing something? Maybe I'm not doing the right thing. And it, you know, the, the sheer um, singularity sometimes of just being look appearing to be the only one following God in a particular kind of way or other people on looking going, well, that's too extreme, or you don't have to follow God like that, or you can do both or any of those kind of um infiltrations that the adversary tries to send to create confusion or um, uncertainty or a lack of confidence that God is leading you in the right way um, would show up. And for us, sometimes it can feel that way. I know mm-hmm. that I've been like, man, I don't see anybody else seeming to be walking on this path. And, you know, then the Lord will remind me that the way is narrow that Absolutely. leads to life. And there are few that find it. There are few travelers on that path, but the, the path that leads to hell is broad and everybody's on it. No, not everybody, but it's, it's full of many travelers going down that pathway. So that, um, you know, the confidence and the reassurance that the Lord is giving here through the apostle saying, come here with a true heart, keep going forward towards God and be f- 
be assured that your faith is not misplaced. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong and it's not in vain. And the delicate showing out of all the examples of you're not, God did not cut you off. He's just transitioned to the the primary goal, the focus that has been the entire time. You're going in the right direction. Keep pursuing the Lord. Honey, you had something you wanted to say? Yeah, as, and I'll say as an example, and, and it's used often because it's accurate. Moses and the children of Israel in the wilderness, especially when they were spying out the land, mm-hmm. they had the option to just rely on the word of the Lord, to just stand on it in mm-hmm. full faith, with no doubting. Mm-hmm. But there were only four individuals that stood on that word, Caleb, Joshua, Moses, and Aaron. For the entire nation. For the entire nation. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's estimated over three million people but only four individuals and the rest of the 3 million wanted to stone them. Mm-hmm. But yet, well, the word of the Lord prevailed. Who was right? <laughs> but the Lord was always right. So so even if you're like, hey, Lord, I, I don't see anyone else doing this, regardless of how seemingly great or small another ministry is that you, know, that you may be looking at and going, well, well, they're not doing it. That What did the Lord say to you? Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to be held accountable for. What did you do with what the Lord gave you? What The words that he gave that you are to stand on. So, But also, we've not had that same point, or if you will, of, say, a Caleb, Joshua, Moses, and Aaron moment, where they just said, hey, this is the word of the Lord, and, and I don't care who says anything against it. I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. Or John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. John came baptizing. No one else had baptized in that way before. Yes, mm-hmm. there was, if you will, Moses' baptism, right, uh, which we saw with the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Also, you saw Joshua with that mm-hmm. same thing as they crossed into the land. Through the Jordan. Uh, crossed mm-hmm. the Jordan into the land, correct. Um, but the Lord had John do something different. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist, that is. Mm-hmm. And he was just faithful. He just said, all right, Lord, this is what you're asking me to do, so I'm going to do it. He wasn't looking, he wasn't taking a poll. He wasn't looking for a second opinion on what he should or shouldn't do. So in like manner, we should have that same type of faith that we just, this is the word of the Lord to me, I'm going to stand on it. Amen. And I'm then, not going to second guess it. Amen. And then that example of John the Baptist, he did have a, a shaking moment, if you will, when he, said, when he sent his disciples to the Messiah and asked, are Uh you the one or should we look for another? Right. Right. Just because he was like, man, how can this be right? I'm in prison. You said, Lord, but now I'm in jail. Right. And I'm sure that um, John the Baptist had read the writings of Jeremiah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and other prophets who had, you know, various um, injuries that had happened to them or they were attacked, killed, beheaded. Absolutely. um, In prison, some were liberated and some went home to be with the Lord, to rest in Abraham's bosom until the time of the Messiah coming into the earth and fulfilling that leg of his ministry. But for him, he went, he got to a point where it was like, God, I have questions. And I don't believe he doubted God's love for him, but he was asking himself, how can this be right? I did exactly what you asked me to do. And yet I'm being treated in this way. And these people are prevailing over me or, you know, whatever it was. And the Lord encouraged him not to be offended, right? 
He encouraged him that he had seen right. He said, these things are happening. The sight, the blind are having their sight restored, et cetera, et cetera. Tell him not to lose hope. Tell him not to give up on his faith and don't be offended because of how this is working out and you thought it may be something different. Keep pressing on. Keep holding on to your confession of faith. And that's exactly what is here in Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. And confession means the verbal um, speaking and the declaration. What are we saying out of our mouth concerning the hope, our hope in Christ Jesus? And without wavering, again, touches into James about being single-minded and continuing in faith without doubting concerning the one who called you and his ability to fulfill what he has promised. And that you see that again in verse, um, the end of verse 23, for he who promised is faithful. He is faithful. He, yes, he's called us. Yes, the journey may take unexpected turns. And I can, you know, say for myself, there are things I'd like, God, I thought we were totally going a different direction. I was following <laughs> you, but I was, you know, thinking this was going to look different by now, or I thought so, we were- So how do we end up in this place? <laughs> be over there, like when did the, you know, journey, uh, wow, okay. And then to still have to come to the conclusion that he who called you, he who promised is faithful and allow the blood of Jesus to be your confidence. Allow your heart to be sprinkled from evil thoughts about God. Allow your heart to be cleansed from that, your conscience to be um, washed clean of disappointments, of discouragement, of distraction, of being disheartened. And he told um, Joshua, don't be dismayed. <laughs> Let the blood of Jesus position you and wash those things away. And then your body washed with the water of the word and let the Holy Spirit do his job for you right here and right now. Let the word of God do its job to cleanse you and to encourage you. The blood of Jesus Christ is immutable. We talked about that previously. First, Abraham had two immutable things. Now there is a third. We have the two that he had, but we also have now the blood of Jesus Christ and we have his name. So that's four four immutable things that we have that give us assurance that our hope in Christ is not in vain. Our faithfulness, our loyalty, our confidence, our trust in him is not in vain. And it will never, 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 never put us to shame before our God. Now, people may wag their heads. They may, you know, wag their tongues. They may shake their heads. They may say, let Elijah save him. Isn't that what they said to our Lord and Savior? Yes. If he could save and heal other people, why don't he get himself down? That's the Kamisha version. But whatever the creative words that the adversary has, and by creative, I mean colorful. um, Crafty. Crafty, um, shaming, Uh um, undermining, derogatory, hateful words that the adversary would try to stir up against you to get you to question your walk and your relationship with God and your hope and your trust in the name of Jesus Christ and your confidence and what the blood has done for you, whatever those words may be, pay them no mind. Take no thought of them because they said the same things to your Messiah, your Lord and Savior, and be confident that you can rest in your hope and be fully assured that what he promised he's able to perform. This room. I enjoyed what you were talking about, Mommy, and something else that I'd like to draw the attention to uh, with, with the Holy Spirit is you also see the, the Father's side of him coming out. And 
you can uh, really see like how Paul structures his sentences. And you were talking, mommy, about the Jews, how they wanted, they had one hand on tradition and they, they had one hand on the Lord. And Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul was encouraging them to take full hold of the Lord. And I was reminded of what the Lord Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 11 verses 29 and 30, but 30 in particular, when he was saying that my, um, burden is easy and my yoke is light. So some, and what you were talking about just a few seconds ago, mommy, about when you're walking with the Lord, sometimes it looks like you miss something and it, it doesn't quite line up with what you thought in your mind or you thought it should look like, but it's still what the Lord says. And just to picture this, and I'm going to tie it to Hebrews 16, when it, it actually, the scripture comes from Jeremiah 31, 34, when he's talking about writing the law in their hearts and in their minds. Mm-hmm. If you were to compare that to what had to be done for the law of Moses, they had to travel. Some people had to travel quite far distances to offer these sacrifices. They had to travel to the synagogues to hear the word. But just on this one fact alone, it's already in your heart and it's in your mind. You don't have to go anywhere Mm because he's right there with you and he's teaching Mm -hmm. you. So the travel burden is no more. You have to drag a stubborn animal or care for the animal. Make sure it's not maimed along the way is no more because he's just teaching you right there in the moment. You don't have Mm -hmm. to wait one to hear from God one day of the week, you get to hear his voice every single waking moment of every day, if that's what you choose. And then your nighttime. Uh-huh. And he is teaching you. So there's also takes away the opportunity for the adversary to put his hand in because sometimes when you have um, other people giving a message, it's like playing the game telephone. Sometimes they mishear and then they relay the message in an incorrect manner. It's not always done maliciously, but that's just what, happens with humans Mm -hmm. but when you can hear it straight from the source then you get all the strength that was in the message you have it Mm -hmm. from the beginning you have the original copy not the copy of the copy of the copy full of Mm -hmm. impurities and mistakes you hear it right from god and if you have a question you can go and ask him and he'll answer you and he'll teach you and he'll guide you so when you look at it it really is easier just to follow the lord versus trying to strive and make your own way because then you're without protection from the blood of Jesus, from the name of Jesus, from the the Holy Spirit. You don't have those things when you're trying to blaze your own trail. And I, speaking from experience, I have done it even in something as little and, you know, um, what may, some people may consider unimportant, like washing dishes. I had so, I did so much more work trying to do it my own way instead of just running my sink of water like dad told me to putting my dishes in the water like mommy told me to but when i decided to stop going my own way and to follow the wisdom of the lord coming through my parents man my life was so much better (laughs) and i actually enjoy the chore or the opportunity to wash the dishes amen well there's there's an element and aspect of what you're you're saying which i think we really need to grasp right jesus said what he said concerning this. He always desired to dwell in our midst, which means we are there and have direct access to him because it's supposed to be about relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Paul is writing about that exact thing, but actually he's doing it, as you said, in a very fatherly manner, but it's communicating the exact same thing that Elijah communicated, right? Again, said probably much nicer. 
right? Yes. Elijah asked Elijah the question. Elijah wasn't very fatherly. Like, no, he <laughs> was, he was very brash, right? And, uh-huh. and, and bold and very direct, right? But he asked them, he asked the children of Israel on top of Mount Carmel, the, the Hebrews, the Jews of the day, how long will you be of two opinions? And you could say, oh, yeah, well, that was serving the Lord versus serving Baal and Asherah. But no, when you get down to it, as you were pointing out, honey, honey, have are you going to serve the Lord? Or have the traditions, have the religious traditions become the God you serve mm-hmm. instead of the Lord? They may have come from the Lord, but have they taken the place that only the Lord should reside in? Mm-hmm. And that is the question that's been asked from the beginning. Who will you serve? Mm-hmm. Right? Joshua has that question plainly. Who will you serve? Will you serve the Lord or will you serve all these other gods and ones that you didn't even know? Mm-hmm. So for us, it's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. We have to check, check ourselves, examine ourselves. How long will be, we be of two opinions? Will we just grasp onto the Lord with everything or we still try to hold onto both? Mm-hmm. And really, you could summarize it like this. Will you serve God or will you serve yourselves? Exactly. Because anybody, the people only pick up an idol because it's somehow beneficial to them. It's self-serving. That's what they want mm-hmm. to do. So we'll, how long will this go on? That's will it. you serve God or will you serve yourself? So. Well, I'll leave us with this, and I'll have to speak more about this on the um, next episode. But we have to also realize that while the adversary does come and stir up stuff inside of our lives, we have to realize that we have to take ourselves into account as well. Mm-hmm. The Lord reminded me of multiple times where I said, oh, Lord, that was the enemy. And the Lord told me he was nowhere around. You were already walking in that trap by yourself. Oh. I mean, <laughs> maybe just understanding it in that context is that we, as humans, we love to blame it on somebody else for our mistakes, that somebody else go to me into this. They made me do it. But we have to realize the role we have in ourselves. I love choice. that the Lord is talking to you about personal accountability. Amen. And what role do you play? The, on, the, the only door that the adversary gets into anyone's life is the one that the person opens for him themselves. And then yes. chooses to walk through. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for when it comes to children. There's a little bit of different role there when children mm-hmm. are small and unable to defend themselves in that way. That's a little bit different. But the, the adult human life, the only way the adversary is getting in is if you open the door yourself. But that's also why I said... Will you serve God or will you serve yourself? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, honey. And once we understand that, um, even in we see multiple times inside the Old Testament, one being the example of Ahab when he's trying to go to Ramoth Gilead, um, it was told, um, Micaiah said, the spear came and said, I'm going to persuade him to go and do this. Whereas we see they don't always say that, meaning that it wasn't always denoted that somebody made him do it. Even in that case, Ahab wanted to go do what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't he was forced into it. But Absolutely. understanding that the devil, when he messes with people, he's going for the people who are following the will of God. But you have to stay um, stay with the Lord. It doesn't matter if he comes and messes with you. That doesn't give an excuse to go off and do what you want. Well, there's there's this as well. Even if the devil attempts something or tries something. You still have a choice and a say in the matter mm-hmm. because each one's drawn away when he's what? Or tempted? By his own lust. By his own lust. Okay. And enticed. So, so that was something that 
you already wanted to do, and now just came the opportunity with which to enact on it. No, and that's not always a bad thing. So that's we're like we're talking about James chapter one, um, verses thirteen and fourteen. Uh, I'll read through 15. It says, let, one, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself mm-hmm. tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So a desire in and of itself is not necessarily wrong. Exactly. Christ desired to be to have the glory that he had with the Father before the world was. He desired to be restored and to that to place. to do his Father's will that he would be pleased with him. Yes, but I mean as far as um, a personal desire, oh, if correct. you will. Yes. That's why the adversary came to tempt him concerning glory. Absolutely. And concerning providing for himself. But he ruled over it. So we'll pick this up on the next episode. But mm-hmm. Amen. All right, a little cliffhanger. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. With that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you have given us understanding of all things, Lord. And we just thank you that we have the mind of Christ, Lord, as well, that we can go into all situations, Lord, and come out with your perspective on and what you say about it, Lord, instead Mm -hmm. of what we think and what we want to happen, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for the destiny that you have placed inside of our lives as well, Lord, that we don't have to try to make our own way, our own path to get to what you have laid out for us, Lord, and what we think we want, Lord, but that you have already laid out a good path, Lord, that's full of blessings and benefits for us, Lord. And we just thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. and Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.